Hey there, welcome to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. It is another beautiful day here. I'm realizing I probably should have moved my mule out of the way. I kind of like the scenery, but it is what it is. Thank you for tuning in. Listen, I don't want to talk much as far as like a preface to what we're going to talk about or, you know, how are you doing today? What's for lunch? Um, instead, I want to just kind of get right into it. Um, and even in the title there, I've, I wanted, I decided last night that I was going to go on live today. Um, and so I kind of made that decision just really believing there was going to be a topic of, of discussion that would kind of come up in between sometime last night and today. Um, and the problem is that happened several times. And so I've, I've been trying to give myself to rightly receive whatever the Lord might want to bring this, this vessel of clay today. What, what could come through my mouth that would be of any value, that would be of any good and benefit to the people of God and to anyone, for that matter, that might listen? Um, and in light of that, I, I started this morning off in Second Samuel. I was looking into some stuff um, that became very, <laughs> it became very complicated very quickly. I spent about an hour on it. I really felt like I needed to shift gears. It was just too much. So I ended up going to Ezekiel 16, um, and I started looking into that. It's an interesting prophecy in Ezekiel 16. Um, it's man, it's very profound. It's it's very awesome. But in in compiling some things in Ezekiel chapter 16, I actually went back to Ezekiel 13. Um, and and when I got there, I feel like I got some direction, some clarity for today, for just specifically for now. Of a, of a topic we can talk about for a little while. Um, and again, it's in Ezekiel chapter 13. Now, I was just kind of wondering, in all honesty, like, I realize everybody studies differently. Everybody hears the Lord differently. Um, I like talking about that. It's, it's very interesting to hear how people commune with the Father. Um, but for me, a lot of times I... I, when I posture myself to study, um, not just mere topical reading, but man, even top, what in the world is topical reading? How in the world can you read the Bible and just like next page, next page, next page? I don't know how to do that. I get, I get stuck and, and I, there's something just within my makeup. I don't know how to just, oh, well, let's just keep going. Let's just breeze through that. I, I want to, as I'm always saying, there is so much within this word of God. There is so much substance. There's so many layers of understanding. You and I, I don't care where we are in our understanding. And even in the goodness of God, what he does, in fact, reveal to us, we will never at our best do more than scratch the mere surface of what in the world the living word of God entails for us to glean and to add and to all these things that we know. Um, and so in that, I, I say that to say this, um, I ended up landing in this text this morning in Ezekiel chapter 13. And I believe as I was looking into certain word studies and just kind of the, the, knowing the backstory of Ezekiel and what he was called to do and who he was and all these types of things, 
I felt like something kind of rose to the surface for us to talk about today. Now, here's the problem. Um, I've spent the last couple hours just writing some stuff out and we have, well, let's just put it this way. We have plenty to talk about. And so I just want to invite you to just kind of follow along. Maybe you're home having lunch. Maybe you're, man, I don't know what everybody's doing, man. I got a text from a brother yesterday. He was listening to the last episode that I recorded while he was on his skateboard. What's the deal with that skateboard guy? You know who you are. Hey, do what you want to do. I think it's awesome that, that like in any context of our life that we are in, that this is even available. And obviously most of the world is continuing, continuing to be unplugged a little bit quieted. Hopefully Um, again, I'm going to keep saying this and we're going to get right into this um, study. This is an hour for, for those of us who say we are within the people of God, who we have done all the things I always have to reiterate. We are in Yeshua, the Messiah. It is time for us to, raise the bar on how we give ourselves to be the people of God, how we hear, how we discern, how we go along with what the Lord is saying. How do we even hear what the Lord's saying? And that's what I want to talk about here for a little bit today. I'm going to tell you now, this is probably going to be an hour. I mean, that's that's probably going to be the most condensed I can make this, and that's without much addition to what we already have just typed out, um, because there's just a lot within this, and I think it would do us well. And, of course, a lot of people, most people, will come back to this after it's already posted and it's not a live event, and they can watch it at their discretion in broken up in pieces if need be. So I'm fine with a little bit more content today. Um, why? Because these are things we should be giving ourselves to. I'm going to I'm going to try to stay focused on the text and listen. Prophecy and discernment in this age. Um, man, I could set I could really set the table about why this is kind of a sweet spot for me um, and a tender place. Um, the prophetic um, moving and prophecy, having a, a, a word from the Lord. Um, speaking the, the utterances of God, the oracles of God, um, in, in very brief summary, years ago, man, I don't know, 12, 12 to 15 years ago, um, I was just really somewhat, compared to many, not much, but like I was still somewhat in the prophetic movement, um, going to different events, um, conferences, Uh, that was just kind of the avenue I was in for a short season. The Lord for me just didn't allow me to like set up camp there. And I know why now the Lord really kept me from a lot of, from my present day understanding, just delusion. Um, a lot of people in that movement are so dependent upon one, two, three, four prophets of the age. And if they don't speak it, they don't do it. And if they say it, they do it. And like, I'm just not, I'm not that kind of guy. I believe there's a biblical process for us to understand what is a prophet, what is not a prophet. And I'm telling you, there's criteria in here that's very specific that we have been told. And so I, I did not seek this out. I'm just going to make that very clear. This did not come from, look, I'm hearing what all these prophets are saying. And I'm here to say, hey, is this really the word of the Lord? Because I have it. That's not this at all. This isn't influenced by what the prophets of the hour are saying in its entirety. I referenced this a few days back. A week ago, I landed somehow 
on some some of the major prophets of the hour in the prophetic movement and like they all lined up on a stage and started saying thus says the word of the lord and i'm just telling you from my my position nothing in the spirit within me resonated with much of anything they had to say almost everything they had to say was politically motivated favoring this nation god's people do not deserve anything bad to come to them Relief is coming soon, and God is for you and not against you, so this cannot touch you, and you will not be affected by it. And listen, it's going away quickly because you know what? We're good moral people here, especially in the United States. We don't deserve this. We're good people. God loves us, and he shows favor to his people. Well, I'm here to say when you look at the Word, when you look at the Scriptures— there is there is quite a different understanding and approach to what the word of the Lord, the oracles of God, the prophetic utterance is, what it is to accomplish and how it comes to God's people through his messengers, through his prophets. Because as we're always saying, we're told in the word that what God does nothing without first declaring it to his prophets, announcing it revealing it right so let's keep that in mind as we look at some scriptures that are very clear we have more than enough information just from just from a few hours worth of gathering and compiling some things to what demonstrate and show us examples of biblical patterns i'm telling you we have got to remember in this present age in in our age in 2020 when whether it's the pestilence or whether it's judgment or or just the functions of the church. What does what does church look like? You know, how do we do church? How do we be the church? Listen, we have been shown every single thing and more to teach us and train us and prepare us to be now what has always been. It has always been. We are not here to inst- institute a new movement on the earth of really being Messiah on the earth. Like we're really going to do it. We follow. Those who have gone before us. Why? Because those patterns through humanity now, through God moving through men and ultimately moving through himself via the son, we have examples. We have patterns. So let's let's look at those for a little bit, shall we? Um, Most biblical prophets are known to begin their writings with this with this phrase that if we're not careful, we can just kind of flippantly look at and well, I've heard that my whole life. Maybe even I've said it right. Maybe we have been found saying that in our own lives. And and for the most case, we've probably heard someone say, then the word of Adonai came to me saying, have you yourself ever said to anyone? I heard the Lord say X. Um, This is what the Lord told me. This is what I heard the Lord say. You know, we we throw these things around and and that's choking my neck. Um, We have these verbiages like and I'm always saying, let's just step back and can we just in humility and lack of offense say, you know what, do do you know what you're saying? Do I myself know what do I mean when I say whatever it is? What do I really mean when I say that? So we see it all throughout the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament prophets. The word, which is interesting because if you go back to the pestilence study that we did a week ago, what's this word in Hebrew? It is davar. Davar, the, the speech, the utterance, 
in this case, the utterance of Adonai. It came to me and said, you see it in Isaiah, you see it in Jeremiah, you see it in Ezekiel. It is a very common phrase about the, the word of the Lord came to me and it said this, okay? And there's some there's some interesting points, I think, to me that maybe you'll agree with and you'll say, huh, that's that's good to think about. That's my goal, hopefully, if this is true. But what even is a prophet as he's biblically defined? OK, not as you think he is, not as I think he is. Now, we're not talking about like, well, I think a prop. No, I don't even want to talk about that. My opinion and yours about what a prophet is. It's irrelevant to us. It doesn't matter what we think one is. We have to be told what one is, okay? It is this word, Navi. Navi. He is known, biblically speaking now, biblically defined. He is a spokesman or a speaker. This is such interesting verbiage now when you do these word studies, okay? This Navi, this prophet, is a spokesman or a speaker that is activated, instigated, and quickened by a divine influence and revelation. What does he do? Primary role is to rebuke kings and nations or to predict future events. Now, again, this is the biblical word for prophet, Navi. He's activated, instigated, and quickened by what? A source, a divine source in revelation. Okay, so like right here, we have a very specific branding, if you will, upon a prophet, a biblical prophet, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, like we're saying, these men who are marked in the word and told to us, these men are endorsed, if you will, as true prophets of God. Okay, we must be careful to rightly understand prophet in the general sense first. Okay, then so listen to what I'm going to at least submit to you as a possibility. Okay, I got to thinking about this and. Um, basically where this started is as I was doing studies just throughout the scriptures, looking for any type of an explanation of a true prophet. Okay. Like, all right, where, where are the texts that tell us about a, like a real prophet, a true prophet. Okay. And then we would compare in my thinking it was, then we'll compare true prophet, false prophet. And what's the differences and how, how is one defined as true and one defined as false. But listen, here's the thing that just really struck me from, from my findings. And again, I only spent two or three hours on this. This is no, you know, week long study. Okay. It would seem biblically speaking that what I found that there is not a real prophet and a false prophet, okay? There is simply a prophet or a false one. You understand what I'm saying? So it's not like there's some, well, it's, it's just, it's factual. You are either a biblical prophet or you are a false prophet, okay? There's not good, bad. There's not, you know what I'm saying? Let's just simplify this. In other words, like we would never say, well, I, I'm, let's use an apple for an example. Okay, so you have an apple. Is it a is that a real apple? No, it's an apple. It is self-defined. It is an apple, or it is a false, fake apple. It's not. You don't have to brand it like real apple. It stands alone by itself. Why? It is the epitome of an apple. It is It is within itself. It is real. It doesn't need defined as real. It is the real. Same thing, I believe, if, whether I'm explaining that well or not, in my mind, there's something about a distinction of there is a biblical prophet 
and there is a false prophet, okay? The real does not need defined, okay? The real does not need signified or identified. It's real. What needs exposed, identified, called what it is, is the false, okay? The imitation. Okay, so we're going to look uh, more into this in Ezekiel chapter 13 in a few minutes. Again, that's going to be my primary text, but there's, man, again, like we're just like grabbing a few little pieces out of here, talking about those we're setting up over here and talking about. This could take... Man, we could spend months on this, right? Let's just be reasonable, okay? Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 says, And the Lord said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision, and I will speak unto him in a dream. Just one little tiny example. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to him. I will reveal myself to him. I will... I will pull back this veil and I will I will reveal my word in my in my my devar to this man the prophet okay Romans chapter 12 verse 5 and we're going to jump around for a little bit with different texts so try to stay along okay there are many of us and in union with the messiah we comprise one body okay he's talking to a plurality of the body a church a, a congregation a group of people there's many of us who are in union with the Messiah. Yet we compromise, we make up one body with each of us belonging to the others. We are not our own. I, again, I taught on this in July 2019 on the Freedom and Liberty series about how so much national agenda and, and mindset and ideal within the nations of men say, you know what? It's all about you. It's got to be about you. Self-preservation, self, self, self. But in the dying to ourselves and going into the Messiah, part of our freedom, part of our liberty that we have been freed unto is to what? To serve one another as we serve him. We serve one another. We are enslaved to one another, y'all. Okay, so we are serving one another. We're belonging to one another. We have gifts that are different. They differ. And they are meant to be used according to the grace that has been given to us. We're going to get on this a little bit more thorough here in just a couple minutes. So let's just read the text first. If your gift is prophecy, use it to, and we're going to look at some versions. If your gift is prophecy, use it to the extent of your faith, to the extent of your trust, okay? If it's serving, use it to serve. If you're a teacher, use your gift in teaching. We're not going to go on for the sake of time, but it's very specific how in regards to prophecy now, which first of all, it's listed first. Use it. Use the gift of prophecy. If that's in fact what you've been given specifically, use it to the extent of your faith. It's incremental. We're going to get to that in just a minute, I'm trying to hold back and get all of this in its fullness first, okay? Perhaps it would do us good to know our present source of prophecy, okay? If it's been a gift from God, and we we handle that, we use that, but yet our source is not from the giver of the gift, boy, we're off real quick. Now, we have that freedom, we have that ability, right? We have the propensity to mishandle any of these gifts, there are false teachers. There are bad counselors. Um, there are horrible leaders. You know, all these things we can go to and define as there is a true and there is a false. All these things are true. Today, of course, we're talking about prophecy in particular. But there are those who have been given the gift of prophecy 
who I've been exhorted to say, use it to the, here's what's concerning to me. Number one is like, how do we, and let's just, let's just kind of drive over here and park in this space for just a mere moment. Okay. In an hour where people are wanting to hear the word of the Lord, they're wanting to hear it. Right. I mean, that's good. That's, that's, that's an honorable thing, right? Especially in this hour and this exact age, things are weird. People are feeling shaken as they well should be. But people get fearful, they get anxious, they get nervous. And what do they do? They start looking about like on the inside now. And then it begins to be manifest itself on the outside through through straining to find a solution, right? We are humanity, let's just be honest. And so if we're not careful, we're all going to be like, Oh my gosh, like somebody help me, right? Is what we're ultimately saying. Somebody give me something that brings me peace of mind. Somebody give me something that gives me some sort of hope. Some Someone tell me when this is going to end. Can we just be honest? I mean, really, Christians of the world, listen to what I'm saying. Is there anything in this? It's in me. Listen, my wife and I have been talking the last two days like, of, of, of submitting our own will and our own way in the middle of this exact age we're in of just saying, you know what, God, I want this over so bad. I need to work. I have no work right now, almost zero. You know, I, I'm tired of going and looking to buy chicken for my family and there is none. You know what I'm saying? We could go through all this list of inconveniences and challenges that want to come in and assault our peace and replace it with anxiety. So listen, let's just be real now. I'm so tired of everybody saying, hey, it's all okay. It's all, it's going to go away tomorrow. All I'm saying is what if it doesn't? What if it doesn't? What if all of these people who just say like, this is all just manipulation and this and that, I'm saying it very well might be, this might be manipulation, but all I know is the posture of my heart had better be positioned to endure. It had better be positioned and not at all dependent. And like, I can't put my hope into men. I can't put my hope into the government. I can't put my hope into men in authority, making the best decision to bring me relief. My absolute substance and source is to go to my creator and say, God, let your will prevail. Let your will prevail. I will not try to manipulate your will. I will pray for the peace that passes understanding to fall down to the earth like manna and become our food when we eat it. And we are what? We are sustained. We are provided for. We are given Peace that the world cannot give. Why? Because our source is rooted and established in what? In the devour of the Lord, the word of the Lord. So where does it come from? Where is it coming from? I see many people saying, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord. But I hear that and I think my very first response nine times out of 10 is that sounds like it's coming from a heart of desiring relief. It sounds like it's coming from a source that says, you know what? Somebody needs to hear that things are about to get better real fast or else we're all just going to fail. And I'm saying, is it possible that like all of these prophets that we see in the old Testament, you know what their word was? Hey, this might get worse. This might get harder. 
this might get more difficult for you. So friends, endure, be a men, be a people, be a nation, be a humanity that goes to the Lord and cries out and says, God, I don't know that this is going to be better anytime soon. God, search me and know me and purify my motives. And like, if there's relief driven thoughts and unctions in my heart, God, take it out because I am called to be one who is dependent despite my conditions. Okay. Can we be honest now? Because the, the prophets of this hour are saying, man, don't. Oh my gosh. It does not sound like the prophets of the Bible to my ears. I'm just saying from my perspective, from my understanding, which is admittedly extremely limited, it doesn't sound like the words and oracles of God. It sounds like we must tell the people of earth, relief is here. Relief is here. This will be over soon. Just hang on and hold on. Oh, just make it through. It sounds like it's coming from a heart of relief. From my perspective now, which is not perfect, it's full of flaws. But I'm reading the text and I'm reading the Old Testament prophets. And right now we're beginning just tiny bit to look into what the prophets who were who were the ones who received the oracles of God through discernment said, how they said it, how they heard. Ear tickling is all over this earth right now through the words of of false prophets, in my opinion. Blessing, favor, it's driving what many of them are saying. Why? Who's going to listen? Listen, let's just talk about this for 10 seconds. Do you, one of the primary reasons most people in my life continue to just fall away? Because I'm not someone who's speaking something awesomely favorable. I'm not someone who's saying, you know what? It's all okay. Who cares, right? God will just save us. Just hang on, brother. And so a message that comes and says, you know what? Is there is there sin in my life? Are we mixed? Are we full of idolatry? Oh, click, click, click. Woo, turn that guy off, right? Why? Listen, listen. I'm just going to propose this as a possibility. Why do the favorable words of God have millions of hits? Why do the prophets of the hour have millions of dollars in followers? Why? I want relief. I want to hear the word of the Lord that tells me, you know what? There's judgment for everybody else and you're going to be set free right now. Don't don't endure anything. It's not a favorable word, y'all. Look at the prophets of the scripture now. This is very personal for me. And we will be see we will be deceived if we're not careful. We ourselves, I am not above being deceived and led astray. I'm not. We have got to be cautious, careful, discerning, knowing what the spirit is saying and knowing how to identify who in fact is speaking from the source, the capital S source, or we I will be deceived. Yeshua gave us many warnings to heed. He knew this was coming. Of course he knew it. It it had come previous. It was coming when he was there, and it was coming after he left. He says in Matthew 7, 15, beware specifically now of what? False prophets. Beware of false prophets. They come to you wearing sheep's clothing, 
But underneath, what are they? We know these scriptures. They're hungry wolves. How will you know them? How will we know, God? I mean, really, we know this verse, but like, let's talk about it for real now and not just read it and turn the page. Beware of false prophets. They will come to you. Guess what? They're going to look just like you, friends. Hey, disciples. They're going to look just like you. They're going to talk like you. They're going to speak your language. They're going to tell you what you want to hear, and they're going to sound, if you're not careful, it's going to sound like the bleeding sheep that are all around you, T-I-N-G, bleating. The, 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 the familiar voice of those right beside you, like, oh, yeah, Brother Jim. Brother Jim might sound like a sheep. He might be wearing the same clothes as you, but underneath. So how do we know what's underneath? I mean, really, how do you know? How do you know? I mean, I'm just going to put this out here for just a millisecond. Put that in your court, if you will. When you receive, even give ear to it all, someone who starts in any way, whether directly stated or just insinuating, thus saith the word of the Lord. What do you do right then, right there? How do you assess who it is that's speaking it? giving you a moment to like really think about that. How do you know? How do we know who is speaking the oracles of God? This says clearly that Yeshua himself said in Matthew 7, you will recognize them by their fruit. So let me ask you a question. How long does it take to examine fruit? As my pages blow right off of the table, how long does it take to, to identify and recognize fruit? It takes some time. It takes some time. Can we not say if this were a fruit tree back here behind me, it would take, it would take a season. It would take a season to know what fruit is going to be produced on that tree. Because listen, right now is a perfect example. It's springtime. There are blooming fruit trees all over the place. We did this yesterday. What do you think that tree is? Man, how do you know? It's a fruit tree, right? It's a fruit tree. Is it apple? Is it cherry? Now, listen, there, there, man, we could go down this forever. Well, if, you're, if you really know trees now, yeah, that's, that's a cherry blossom. Well, that's an apple tree, right? But listen, are we really that mature, spiritually speaking, like to call that out? I don't know. Somebody may be. Sometimes maybe I am. Sometimes maybe we are, but we better be careful that we're not calling a peach tree an apple tree when we're looking at spiritual principles and the, prof the prophetic word of the Lord coming through a man. False prophets will look genuine on the outside. Fruit examination takes time. It takes discernment. It takes the spirit of God in you. You know what? You better be careful what you're ingesting because it might be poison and you don't know it till it's in your belly and you're sick. I'm just saying we need to discern what we take in, filter it through the spirit and say, God, is this you? Now, this sounds good. It sounds favorable. I like what this guy's saying, man. Probably not me, but so and so over here. He just said that all of this is going to be over. My bank account is going to be doubled. America's going to be blessed. The economy's going to be boosted. The president's going to get reelected. Man, this sounds awesome. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> 
We had better be careful that what we hear isn't that tickling of the ear. We better be careful, friends. Please be careful that, I mean, all I, why is, why does this bother us? If we're already doing this, if I'm already doing this, then friend, you can come to me and challenge me and say, friend, are you discerning what the Spirit's saying like right now? Yes. Yes. To the best of my present ability, through prayer, through study, through the, the biblical patterns and principles of the scripture that proves time after time again the progression of this specific teaching. Yes. I'm not like, how dare you ask me that? Don't you ask me that. Ask. Ask. How do we know? We need to be challenged. We need to be asked. Our source. Are we discerning? Okay. Because Yeshua said, hey, these false prophets, be careful because they're going to look just like you. Matthew 23, Yeshua says, he spoke, to, he spoke to the crowd and to his followers, his disciples. The scribes and the Pharisees, they've seated themselves in the chair of Moses. Man, I heard a teaching on this the other day. Rock my world. I don't even have time. Therefore, all that they tell you, do and observe. Well, what are they telling you? They're telling you the law of Moses. Let's, we don't even have time to go all there. But don't do according to their deeds. They say things, but they don't do them. They put heavy burdens on you. This, 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 this. They love a place of honor. They sit in the synagogue. They, they um, respectful greetings in the marketplaces. They love that. And guess what? They love being called rabbi by men. Okay, so like there are some things that look unless you know someone, unless you know someone and you can like unless you can pick them up and like look at their life and examine the fruit of their life. Friends, should you, in fact, listen to their prophetic word? I'm just saying, should you? Is that at least not a question and a caution that we should have? Hey, well, he said he was a prophet. He's got a website. He wrote three books on prophecy just last year and they're all on the bestseller list. Good enough for me. No, this says there are some things we can look for. Yeshua said, look, if they like the high and lofty place, if they like the best seat, if they love being called rabbi in the public place, if they say, yeah, I've got the word of the Lord. You better be careful, right? You better be careful. Paul held this with such importance that he apparently spent three years warning the early church about this specifically. We're told in Acts chapter 20, he said something very unique. He said, look, man, as soon as I'm out of here, this is coming to play. The second I leave, there's men coming in for you. Okay, what did he say? Be on guard for yourselves and for all of the flock, the congregation, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. He's talking to the leaders of the church. I know that as soon as I leave, savage wolves will come for you. They will be in among you. They will not spare the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise. What will they be doing? Speaking perverse things. Their whole intent is to draw away the disciples and follow them instead of Yeshua Messiah. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that the night and day for a period of three years I did not cease to admonish you with tears. Okay? So, like, again, from among yourselves, these men will begin speaking things that oppose 
what I, Paul, have been teaching you in Yeshua Messiah. Like right away, this is going to come in. And again, let's note it. This will be among you. We're not talking about fortune tellers, soothsayers, like tarot card readers. We're talking about men who have been given positions, lofty positions now, with thousands of people following them. I'm telling you right now in this culture of multimedia and like online presence and all that, I have talked to people word for word who say the only reason I will give so-and-so my attention is because he has thousands and thousands of views and likes. I would normally not, I don't even know who that guy is, but man, look at all his com. Whoa, look at all his comments on there. Hmm. And they all say, this is the word of the Lord. Listen, Friends, I'm telling you, I believe this is a rightful, humble, I'm telling you, this is for me. This is for all of us. We are not above being led astray and being merely natural men influenced in our appraisal of everything that's on the earth through natural understanding from natural men who may be among us. They might be among us. I'm telling you right here and right now, let's be crystal clear. I am in no way because I can already tell future conversations. Well, Joel, are you saying that you are a true called prophet of God? That's not a this is not about that whatsoever. I am full, overflowing with error, overflowing with with mixing my own opinions and assessment of situations with the word of the Lord. Amen. Yes, absolutely. Guilty. Guilty. But I believe in faith that this pattern is true. This principle is true. And I want to give myself to pursue it to be what? To be clean, to be clear, to be humble and rightly receive a gift. Now, what do we already look at? According to the level of our faith, our trust. And to the best of my ability, I am entrusting my mouth, my understanding, my heart's condition to receive the oracles of God. I want to be that guy, but listen, it's coming through a flawed vessel of clay. Do you see me sitting on a pedestal in an arena with a thousand people? You're not going to see me doing that, friend. But does that negate what the word of the Lord comes through and how it comes? Because, again, in this culture, we see men on a stage. We see men on a platform. We see men on a video with thousands of people. And there's something in us. If we're not careful, if we're thinking as natural man, we say, this guy's the dude. He's got the word of the Lord. Because this sounds really sweet. It's delivered really well. And guess what? It fits what I already believe yeah, I, I need relief right now. I need money. I need a job. I need safety. I need my wife to quit being so nervous. I need my husband to quit being so afraid and anxious. I need my children back in school. You understand what I'm saying? So these, these things, if we have holes in us that are desiring relief-driven thinking, man, the, the, the false prophet's words are going to just flow like a river right into these reservoirs of our hearts, friends. And they're just going to be deposited there and they're going to take up residence. It's going to be a sickness in God's people. Second Timothy chapter four. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure. 
Okay, so there's a distinction right here. We know these verses, right? This isn't the first time anybody has heard these. But there, there will be a they on the outside now, a they. There will be a certain distinguishable group that will be a they, and they will not endure. What will they not do, people? They will not forbear. They will not suffer. They will not forbear. They will not suffer. They will not endure. They will be a people who are unwilling. It will be a they. There will be a people of God, a remnant, narrow way people that will oppose the wide way mainstream Christianity church that says, you know what? Hey, Yeshua paid it all. Come on, friends. You're cruising through. There will be people who come in like this, who will not endure. They will not forbear. Sound doctrine. Now, what is sound doctrine? Let's just real quickly dive into this and we'll come right back out and keep moving sound doctrine in this text in second timothy means this ones who are the ones who are in sound doctrine were known clearly to those who heard this message as ones who are followers of the messiah that adhere to teaching free from mixture free from opinion free from idolatry free from the desecration mindset that we see all throughout the Old Testament about the temple being mixed. But instead, these people will be wanting to have their ears tickled, which is simply they, they want something pleasant. They are desiring something pleasant. Friend, are you today, and listen, let's just be honest, are we desiring something pleasant? There is a huge portion of my of my being that desires something pleasant. Now, look, I live up here in the mountains. It's beautiful. We have favor of God that is, is in no way deserved, and my life is full of awesome things. We just had a beautiful calf born two days ago. We're out in the pasture. Much of the world is in chaos, and we're out there in the pasture lifting our hands, praising the Lord for new life. We have, we have an awesome life here, right now, right here. But there's still something in me, in my heart now, that's desiring to hear something pleasant, something desirable, something that's saying, you know what, Joel, you're going back to work soon. You can gather with your friends soon. You can be free to do all these things that right now you're told, being told you can't do, that restrain, that that what? The suffering and forbearance, y'all. The word of the Lord that says there's going to be a time coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, free from mixture. And I'm wondering how much of that is in me and how much of that is in the corporate body of the church today. What will these people do? Again, there's they, and we'll get to the you. There is a distinction now. They will they were they will do something. These people who like tickle my ears, please help me. Give me something soothing. Bring me something that sounds good, would you? They will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires. So if you have a, a, a an, an ideal that is not just solely based in the scriptures, that's merely natural or national or in the kingdoms of men advancing in the kingdom where you live and the nation you live. And it, 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 it just somehow brings soothing feelings to your heart. You better be careful. We had better be careful when these soothing words come, the prophetic words now. 
we better discern the fruit because it might just be some ear tickling to our own ears, right? Accumulating for themselves teachers who say what they want to say themselves. And and these teachers say what the listeners want to hear. But you, okay, so there's a distinction. There will be a great people within now, but you be sober in all things. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. We don't even have time to get into that. Fulfill your ministry, but you as they. They want, you want. There's a distinction, y'all. There's a distinction that opposes this relief-driven oracles of God that's coming out into the earth, to the church right now that is all over the place. This is not popular. I get it. Not That's, I, that's fine. It's fine. Few, an alarmingly amount of very few people want to hear a hard word today. It's too much. It's too hard. It's too serious. It's too sober, man. Can you just scale it back and chill? Would I tell Ezekiel that if he was beside me? Would I turn over here to his his <sighs> Jeremiah, calm down, brother. Calm down with all that stuff. Hey, Joel. Hey, irony here. Joel. Man, I know you're a prophet, but stop it with all the gloom and doom, would you? You're just too much. Death, all this devastation and terror. Man, can't you just be calmed down? Can't you just tell me something nice? Well, what did we see in the scriptural pattern of prophets who, well, they weren't even, they were the false prophets who went to the kings and said, hey, I'm bringing in my men. Tell me what's going on. Oh, great king, you're going to have, you're going to have victory. We're going to win. You're so strong. Oh, king, can I feel your muscles? Look at you, great king. Oh, great king. There's no one like you, you know. Awesome king. You're so awesome. You're going to win. You're the best. You're the strongest. Make this nation great, oh, king. You're so good. Mm. None of that worked. He said, you know what? In many cases, man, I'm calling you out. You're not doing anything but tickling my ear. Bring in the prophet of God. And you know what the prophet of God always did time and time again? Hey, guess what? You're going to die. You're going to die. You will be dethroned, oh great mighty king. You're going to go into battle, and guess what? You're going to be laid low. You're not going to survive. Guess what? This kingdom will be brought down by the Elohim of Elohims. You will be laid low. And you know what I'm saying? And all I'm saying is, where in the world is that? I'm asking, really. Somebody send me a link. Send me an email list of somebody who comes on here and says, you know what? Things aren't looking good for us. We better cry out to the Lord because guess what? This is not in our favor. That's the biblical pattern. I don't. I know very little about the biblical pattern of, of many, many things like off the top of my head. I know some. But the biblical pattern is, guess what? Hey, this could be rough. We have to endure. We are seeing this right now. A lot of people want to say, oh, man, if I could just watch like a 30-second video of, of like cats jumping off of a sink and falling in a trash can. Or, man, if I could just watch 
Last night for me, I wanted to watch Final Four clips. I wanted to watch uh, March Madness clips from from these awesome games I remember watching. I just want relief. I want, like, man, I just want something normal, right? This is part of all of our lives. We just Let's just fess it up and be honest, right? It's who we are as human beings, but we don't have to be guided by it. We can be sober-minded, restricted and restrained people who suffer rightly to hear the oracles of the Lord within troubling times. We have already been given prophets. Holy cow, we're 47 minutes in. You know what? This is all voluntary. This is what I told somebody the other day. If you're in a meeting and somebody speaks for four hours, whoo, you're stuck, right? But listen, you can go get yourself a snack, take a bathroom break, eat you some lunch. Nobody's going to know it. I don't care. Thank you for listening. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Joel, we've already talked about those. From here on out, I want to talk about Ezekiel very briefly because I know we're short on time. I was going to read all of chapter 13. Oh, man, I really want to. I want to so bad. But what does he say? The word of the Lord, the devour of the Lord came to the prophet Ezekiel. And what did he say? Son of man, prophesy. Prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy and say to those um, from, excuse me, they prophesy from their own inspiration. We already looked at that a little bit. What is that? From their own heart, from their own understanding, from their own will, way, desires. Listen to the word of the Lord, exclamation point. Thus says the Lord, your God, woe to the foolish prophets who are following their own spirit and who have seen nothing. It's fabricated. It's favorable. It's desirable. And guess what a desirable word does when it lands in an ear desiring a desirable word? Wolves that look like sheep. And the result is a an undiscerning people led astray, devoured, y'all. Does a sheep, let's use the parable. Let's use the things Yeshua said even clearly, not in a parable, right? When a wolf disguised as a sheep unveils himself, what does he do? Is he just going to lead that sheep away from the shepherd? No, he's devouring the sheep. We have coyotes here. It doesn't go well for sheep if they're not guarded and protected, if they're vulnerable and out on their own. Same thing, real life, spiritual principle. I don't have time to read. Read Ezekiel 13, man. This is like an entire chapter devoted to false prophecy and the judgment of God that comes to that. Ezekiel 13, 2 gives us some insight into the false prophet saying... Tell those prophesying out of their own thoughts, listen to what Adonai says. When you look at the just the word definitions of this, it's clearly telling us to rightly discern those who are speaking false prophecy according to their own personal feelings and natural understanding. We have got to be a people who are discerning of this age and what people are saying, not because it's new, not because of whoever we could name that's online. This is... This has been around since man was created. The false prophecy of this hour does what it always has done, which is caters to natural cravings, appeals to relief, favor, and ease. The Broadway church gobbles it up like an unending buffet. 
There's this is not this isn't make believe, right? This is real life. But what of true prophecy? Not just true, though, but like biblical prophecy, because, again, we don't have true and false. We have prophecy, false prophecy. Again, it must come through discernment, free from personal influence. If it instantly makes us feel better, if you give me a prophetic word and the second it comes, I feel awesome now. Relief. I am not in any way saying the word of the Lord cannot be a blessing, cannot bring comfort. That's part of other scriptures as well. You got to understand the rightful understanding of the word comfort, but it is primarily to bring repentance and change. It's primarily to release the word of the Lord through a natural man to other natural men to say, you know what? Listen to what I'm saying. Look, I'm grabbing the screen like I'm grabbing your face. Listen, like I said in a broadcast weeks ago, like there are some people that need a little gentle. Hey, hey, wake up. It's seven o'clock. It's time to get up. Oh, okay. Boom. Awake. Right. And there are others that need a violent shaking. Say, man, brother, you got to wake up, man. You are fast asleep and the Messiah is coming. You're not ready. It takes a violent shaking, y'all. The hard word of the Lord's got to come or some people will not wake up. And so if this is lacking, if if biblical prophecy does not come hard like it did through all of the Old Testament prophets, how in the world will some people be awakened? Some may be awakened by, hey, hey, man, that's the knock of the Lord on your heart. And some people may be soft and tender and postured towards obedience and repentance and may just be stirred to awake easily. But listen, most of humanity, especially in this hour, are so hard hearted, so stiff necked, like it has got to be a violent shaking to say, you know what? Listen, the word of the Lord is coming and it is not looking good for you, friend. And that's got to be okay. There's got all I'm saying is there a place for that in the modern day church? Is there a place? Listen, is there a place for this in this age? I'm asking the question. Is there a place for an Old Testament prophet in the hour and in the age of Messiah Yeshua? I believe it has to come. Listen, not everyone is going to respond to, hey, do you know how much Jesus loves you, friend? Do you know how much Jesus loves you? Listen, I'm not negating that that is good and valuable and right and in the proper context fueled by the Spirit of God in a man is absolutely necessary and good. But that will not work for everyone. It will not be right for everyone. So where is prophecy that is not on the surface, slick and favorable and in your stream of relief? What about these words? Do we resist them? Do we receive them? Are we willing to give them or do we hold them back? Because, oh, man, if I say this, I won't have any listeners today. If I talk about a hard word from Ezekiel, I'm not going to have any followers. Right. This is humanity. Right. But if man, 
So what, right? What are we here for? Are we here to speak the oracles of God? Or are we here for friends on Facebook? Really? I have to ask myself that pretty much every hour and a half in my life. True prophecy. It must come through discernment free from personal influence. If it promotes natural results above spiritual results, it is very likely false. If it does not lead you to repentance, mm, might be false. If it is not fueled by leading you to a turning and an examination a repentance and, an, and a transparency before Yahweh, God, your creator, mm, might not be the word of the Lord. Also, let's be challenged by Paul's words in Romans, okay? Greek prophecy, the word in the Greek now, New Testament prophecy, Greek, it's defined as this. This is really awesome, right? This shows you the perpetuity, if you will, of, of prophecy, because here we are again, same, same issue, different context. Old Testament, well, God doesn't deal with men like he did back then, Joel. Joel, the Old Testament prophet, he's not necessary anymore. Do you know half of what these prophets talked about? About the foretelling of future events that many things are still future events? Well, what about those things? Not true? Ah, whatever. Old Testament, right? No. Same thing. Same same ideals all the way through Messiah out the other end. We've got to remember this. We forget. I forget myself. So Paul, New Testament, post-Messiah, what's he saying? Okay. Greek prophecy, the Greek understanding of this word prophecy is a discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of Yahweh God. Whether by, listen, whether by reproving or admonishing the wicked or, conf, or, or bringing comfort according to the gospel to ones who are afflicted. Also revealing things that are hidden, especially by foretelling future events. Listen, I'm telling you a future event the best I know how, which is, look, there is a culmination of the ages that's yet before us that what? Right now we are being prepared for any of us who are postured to receive the gift of enduring. The gift of enduring and not be a people driven by relief. But instead, you know what? Hey, I'm going to endure in the here and now. It was defined in the, New, in the New Testament also as those men in the New Testament who did what? Reiterated, often in, in direct quotation of the Old Testament prophets. Because listen, y'all, the New Testament is what? It is built. The gospel is built. The post-Messiah news, the good news is built upon the law and the prophets. Hello, does anyone, oh, well, yes and amen, brother. Now, if you heard that in, in a Sunday morning service as First Baptist so-and-so, amen. Well, you wouldn't say amen, but you might like, you might nod your head a little bit. Whatever the case, like, but do we understand the law and the prophets? No, we don't. I don't understand that. This is, this is new ground for me. But we better get this through our minds, the perpetuity of the patterns and principles of God, even in prophecy. All right, we're bringing this to a close. We're almost sitting an hour. 
I thought in my head, yeah, if I can keep it under an hour, we'll be doing good. So I'm barely going to be outside of my own self-imposed boundaries. Remember also in Romans chapter 12, Paul said about these gifts, right? He's naming all these gifts, but he says all these gifts, right? Are according to grace that is given to us. All these things, they're not our own possession. They're nothing we earned. They're nothing like, you know, well, I took enough prophetic courses on learning how to be a prophet that now I'm ready to go out and prophesy. No, in <laughs> This is a gift from God. All these things he mentions, teaching and all these things. But specifically, a prophetic gift is not any man's possession to boast about. Okay? Or even boast before someone. Oh, man, gosh, you got such a man. You're a prophet of God. May that man, should you do that, say, hey, it's a gift, man. I got nothing. I got nothing. It's a gift. It's from grace that's given to us. And prophecy specifically, again, to bring this back all to a close, is proportional or equivalent to our faith. If we are considering ourselves to be ones who speak the prophetic utterances of God. Specifically, faith is, in the, in the New Testament, it's pistis. Okay? It's surely more than just casual belief. But instead, it's defined as conviction of the truth of anything. In the New Testament, a conviction or belief respecting man's relationship to God and divine things, including the idea of trust and holy fervor, born of faith and then joined and united with it. Okay, so it is dependent upon us to be, again, according to the measure of our faith alongside discernment in the patterns of God and studying what does God say to his people. It's not time for new revelation, y'all. It's not time for merely national revelation. Well, the whole reason that this pestilence is on the earth is for America. Oh, my goodness. Like, are we really that arrogant? Are we? I mean, seriously, now we need to take this properly and take it down and look at it and say, all right, well, God, yes and amen. What are you saying to myself? What are you saying to my household? What are you saying to the congregation that I fellowship with? What are you saying to my region? What are you saying to this state? What are you saying to these United States? What are you saying to the nations and kingdoms of the earth? Yes and amen. But listen, if we start thinking in any way in our own understanding and limited natural perspective, that somehow the entire orchestrated plan of God on the entire earth that, again, is his footstool is is to bless this nation or to advance my my political preference. Oh, friends, can I just say this? That is so small. That is so limiting to the move of God on the earth. It's so teeny tiny. There's something so much greater than just like this is what's this is what God is saying about the here and now in this nation. There's yes, it is that. And oh, my gosh, there's got to be so much more. There's got to be so much greater perspective about the entire work of God on the earth. So to close, to make this clear, prophecy is dependent upon us. It is a spiritual function. It is a gift from God given by his hand to men that can only be rightly handled by ones that are full of faith 
It's dependent upon our level of faith and rightly received by those who hear what the Spirit is saying, because it will very likely not instantly satisfy our natural cravings. It will vary. The word of the Lord now in my life, the word of the Lord comes very different and distinct because it isn't for me now. OK, what's comfort? We don't even have time to get in all that because comfort is what comfort is hearing the voice of your father. Comfort is hearing the oracles of the father to the son. Right. It's not just a good word. It's not like, OK, so like. If I'm out here wondering if my son, who's eight, is out there in that pasture overnight, man, the word of his father, the word of my mouth will bring him comfort, even if I'm like saying something about my tractor. Hey, where's my tractor, Kristen? Calling my wife. Where's my tractor? If he hears my voice and he doesn't, didn't know where I was, it's not what I'm saying. It's the comfort of the voice of the father. It's the comfort of the sheep hearing the voice of the great shepherd, right? My sheep know my voice. They discern. Oh, wait, I'm hearing a whole bunch of stuff. This guy over here, man, he's telling me, he's telling me some, man, oh man. Ooh, man, that sounded sweet. Tickled my ear a little bit. Yeah, wait, just just a second. Just a second, great shepherd. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Favor, relief, yes. Okay. All right. The virus is going away in two weeks. Okay. I'm going to get a check in the mail because, um, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, the, the election's still on. Just a second, just a second, shepherd. Do you get what I'm saying? All I'm saying is, can we not submit a warning, a caution to say, look, would you look at this? Would you just ask? Man, I'm not here to condemn anybody. I just I am. I live and breathe to shake the church. I it is why I exist. I can't help it. And I can't run from it anymore. It is why I am in a flesh and blood body. It's why to bring glory to God and to tell men, you know what? The Messiah is coming. And he's right over there. I can hear him. I can sense his presence. I hear the rustling of his sandals in those leaves back there. Friends, please be ready. You've got to be ready. He's coming. So there's false prophecy that's going to cater to you, friend. It's going to cater to me. It's going to bring me something I like. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to chomp on it. I'm going to gobble it up. And I'm going to be sick, vile, and corrupt. We cannot give ourselves to this type of prophecy. We can't. We have to learn according to the word. We got to devour the word and discern. Also, if you're attempting to be a prophet, if you're saying, well, I think I'm gifted to, to be a prophet, to speak the oracles of God. Here's my advice. Take it for what it is. And this is not coming from some professional prophet now, but this is the last 15 years of practicing this gift. Amen. Hear the oracles of God. Hear him. But check your own faith. Do I have enough faith to move out? Match your match your word that comes out of your mouth with your faith and your expectation and your trust in the bringer of the oracle of God. Check your fruit. It's the fruit of your life. It's the fruit of my family, the order of my home, how I carry myself, whether in business or in just in my life, in the hidden places, the recesses of my life. Am I mixed? Am I defiled? Get those things right. And is my source, before I'm moving out into the realm of prophetic, to turn this button on, go live, 
before doing that, am I, am, am I before the Lord on my face saying, oh, God, purify me. Give me clean hands. Give me a pure heart. May the words of the testimony of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. First and foremost, God, and if it's not, Lord, shut my mouth. It's not worth it. It's not worth opening our mouth and saying, thus saith the Lord. If it's thus saith Joel, it's not worth the exchange, friend. And the same goes for whatever you're receiving, whatever you're ingesting, whatever prophets of the hour are speaking into your life now, whether they call themselves a prophet or whether they call themselves whoever, are you discerning? Man, this this stuff, you could scroll a million men saying a million different things. We've got to have discernment in this hour. We've got to. We've got to. We can't say, oh, just Lord speak. Take it from here and from here and from here and from here. All right, Lord, show me what's real. No, we better be careful. I can't do that with plates of food now. Some of it's some of it's toxic. Some of it's full of bacteria. Some of it's rotten. Some of it's poisonous. A couple plates are good, and I just eat them all up and like, hey, bless this food, God. Bring nourishment to my body. Amen. No, you're going to get sick. You will be sick. It's the wide way. It's mainstream Christianity. Can we not just begin? Can we not begin to just, just you know, let's just be real. This is true. This is true. It always has been. This is nothing new. So we are, we are of course, told to earnestly desire prophecy. So it is good. It's necessary. It's the pattern of God's people. When it's rightly handled, rightly delivered, rightly received according to what the Spirit is truly saying to the church in this hour, in this age, according to what he has always been saying. Always been saying. There's no new revelation right now. Mm -mm. There's not in the sense of God's telling us something right here and now that no man has ever even thought of before. I believe personally... There are those who went before me who have mastered discernment, mastered it. You know who mastered it the most? Yeshua Messiah. And guess what? He indwells me. Friend, does he indwell you? Because it's our only hope to have our lives go into Yeshua Messiah filled to full with his spirit. And what? Being a spirit led man alongside other spirit led man. What are we doing? Hopefully we're hearing, we're receiving the oracles of God, and we're rightly discerning, allowing that fruit to grow and to blossom out of our lives, to produce something identifiable. It says, yeah, how do I know? That's the pattern of the word of God. And now it, it moves all the way through time, through any one of us now, through rightful prophecy, to accomplish a purpose in the here and now. An ancient principle that's been abiding in the Father before time began. It, is, it comes from who he is and he has no beginning. It's just in him and in his own measure, in his own time, in his own way, through his choosing now, because again, it's a gift. It comes to men through men of discernment, of wisdom, of counsel of revelation, of trust and great faith. 
So may the may the prophetic word of this hour come forth. Yes and amen. It's got to come through flawed vessels of flesh, and that's the tricky part, right? It's got to come through us. Prophecy and discernment in this age. I believe it's here, but friends, please be cautious. Be careful. Be careful. You cannot take this just flippantly by happenstance. And like I said, man, that that toxic food, good food table, to me, that's very clear. You better know what you're going to eat. You better know what you're going to ingest because it will determine who you will be in this hour. Prophecy and discernment in this age. Lord, help us. We need help. And that's okay to say because guess what? He's a giver of good gifts. He is a perfect father. Go to him. Let him be your source. He is our hope. Amen.